right. Welcome to episode three of the ADH Dads. I am CJ, and this is JJ, your host. And uh, we're here to talk about intentions at the start of the new year this year. Today is New Year's Day. Uh, Happy New Year, JJ. How's your first day of the 2023 turning out for you? Yeah, Happy New Year, man. We we are getting dumped on for snow here in Salt Lake City. And uh, Kiddo and I took advantage of that and went outside and made some uh, snowmen. And, uh, well, he w- he's really into Mario Brothers right now, so he wanted to make snow Koopas. And I'm going to tell you, that's no easy feat. <laughs> so here we were making stuff, and, you know, he's he's having things fall apart in his hands. And the snow is, you know, it's packing together, but it's also falling apart. And he's he's packing it together, and then it falls apart, and he's just in, he's just a mess crying about it and stuff. So I was like... How do you comfort a kid who's crying over snow not sticking together? That's a tough one. <laughs> so, so we had some we had some good times, and then he went with his mom, and uh, and then I got a little bit of a little bit of time to myself here. Got to watch uh, some football, as I see you are in, uh, you know, the spirit of your team, and they they your that's team right, had a victory. Right. Yeah, Hold yeah, up. I don't. i don't have a i don't have a a team that i'm really aligned with but my you know i grew up with the minnesota vikings and uh they're they're having one heck of a year and and, uh (laughs) they were down by quite a bit at halftime and that's kind of been their thing recently where they're down and then they come back and and make a huge you know run of it and win not this time not not this time (laughs) well i'm in good spirits because my blue won so bolt up (laughs) Well, <laughs> it's Battle of good, LA man. today, so it was a good game. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, uh, man. So, have you uh, thought about New Year's um, um, resolutions at all, or intentions, or or any uh, goals that you'd like to set forth? And also, uh, apologies to my dog here; she's <laughs> throwing her bone around in the background. If you can hear that, <laughs> that's the life we live, man. There's always something going on, something distracting us. Um, you know, honestly, Colton, we're going to talk about intention today. And one of the things that I think that I would benefit from, my son would benefit from is, is some greater focus on intentionality in our every day. Um, so, you know, I think a new year's resolution is to create a realistic structure and routine and schedule for us in the house. And, uh, you know, it's going to be painful at first because I think my son thrives on the opportunity to just make a, you know, a, a choice and then stick with that. But at the same time, um, I think the research shows for not just kids with ADHD, but kids in general really do succeed much more when they have structure. In fact, their executive function, um, you know, ADHD, there's executive function, um, uh, a lack of it in development. And then, you know, even with kids who are just regular, normal, you know, kiddos, they, they also have executive functioning development, um, that needs to be worked on. So, uh, you know, structure is something that I think is, is of great importance. And, um, I'm going to try and push that a little bit more this year. And then I wouldn't mind, you know, uh, getting rid of some of the extra baggage that I don't need to bring on the plane with me. Um, don't need to get charged extra for that. So I'd like to get rid of the extra junk in the trunk, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, my dogs are playing now in the background. <laughs> well, How about yourself? You know, that's, 
yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you today is about is is the structure of it all and, you know, kind of maybe some methods that I've implemented in. And, you know, I think for New Year's resolutions, mine is definitely to get back to a good system with that. Um, you know, it's been, you know, uh, r- routine longevity seems to be the goal that I'm striving for here. You know, I'm like great with the, uh, the, the, the first uh, mile stretch here, you know, <laughs> uh, I seem to burn out quick. So, my my whole thing is kind of trying to have the the patience and grace with myself to uh you know keep a little bit of longevity in my growth um because i think i started off last year uh really good and you know um as life happens to throw curveballs at us you know um some of my my health and fitness uh kind of took a back burner to the responsibilities of life and not that that's an excuse uh and it's definitely not um and that's why a lot of my focus is is geared towards health and, and fitness this year uh moving into the the new year like you know nine. 99% of the Planet Fitness members this month that'll drop off next month. My goal is to uh, stay well into December of this year and in 2028 and so forth. Um, but yeah, man, you know, uh, some of the structure and that I wanted to talk about is maybe some core values and kind of getting out of the autopilot um, of life and, uh, you know, by kind of creating some some family core values and some, some in individual core values and, um, you know, to kind of kind of help us when those curveballs do come at us and uh knock us um off of our our path so um yeah man um you know i i wanted to uh talk about how we've got a, a our family mantra here um on our wall it's something that we created last year uh we did a family photo session and uh, had a photographer come out and take uh, photos of the kids and, and my wife here and we put that up on our wall uh, a little collage of all of our, our favorites and um, we you know kind of went through a list of words and kind of talked about it with the kids and what was important to us and and uh, what we wanted our family to look like and we created a family mantra that we put in the middle of our photo collage um, and I try to every day it doesn't always work out but I try to after breakfast with the kids as we're going out for school uh we just take a, a moment to pause and reflect and we all stand in front of the the pictures and just kind of take a look at the family and we read off the mantra together and and uh the kids are real you know they have their their favorite parts that they like to to say out loud so we all take turns kind of reading line by line and and kind of just uh you know getting in touch with that and in those core values and, and what's important to us um so i'm kind of interested in uh you know kind of hearing um you know maybe where you've gone with that and your journey and and what what core values looks like to you and and what intention um means to you yeah man it's uh it's it's an interesting time uh the holidays and uh the experience of you know family and uh, and getting together and expressing love or or maybe re uh, revisiting traumas and stuff to uh kind of kind of reminds you of where you are at and, and what you have intention behind in your life. And, uh, one of the things that, uh, that I experienced just this last week was, uh, my parents visiting and, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a reminder of what I really hold dearly in my core values. And, and the biggest one is, you know, is presence and, and quality time with my, with my kiddo. 
And uh, being able to create that on a daily basis is actually a, a, a great challenge. Um, and you know, one, one way that's never more clear is when he gets these presents and he got, he got uh, for the first time, you know, like his, his own Nintendo system, essentially. And uh, he wants to play that every day. So what, what did we do? We, you know, got in front of the TV, turned on the Nintendo and stared at the TV. And then occasionally he laid his head down on me and he said, you know, oh, I love you, dad. And I'm like, well, he's saying that staring at Mario on the TV. <laughs> so my, my ability to like, I don't know why the, by the way, I don't know why the dogs decided that right now is the time to run and chase each other, but this is what you're hearing in my background. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I think the thing is for me is that, uh, the, of, of the most important of my core values is quality time and presence. And, uh, and when my kiddo is thinking about, you know, I'm saying, Hey, let's maybe let's do a and have time together. And he's thinking B it's sometimes a challenge and even a power struggle at times to, to come together and, and see how we can create this, uh, this moment together of, of quality time. And granted, you can't do that every hour of the day, but because that is where I really feel like I needed it from my parents and didn't necessarily receive that a lot of the times, I think that's one, one of the reasons why my core value of presence is that much more important to me. I want to be there for my son. I want to create this, this space of honesty and trust and love and, and, you know, just being able to cultivate a, a, an atmosphere of being open with each other and, and being safe and, and seen and heard. And that's, that's a lot more difficult when, you know, you're in your phone and your kiddos wanting your attention. Or, you know, you just always have something else to do. And, you know, we always have something else to do. Again, we're talking about intention. It's really easy to be intending to do this and intending to do that. And to the point where you've intended everything else but your relationship with your, you know, your loved ones. Um, so I think the thing for me is that the core value of presence and quality time is, is of utmost importance. And structure and uh, and kind of stick into a habit and a routine, I think, will ultimately help us succeed in that even though it is a point of contention right now where i say all right buddy let's uh let's do this you know let's even when it comes to him taking his plate to the to the sink after dinner he's he'll go oh <laughs> like it's the end of the world when it's <laughs> it's like a five second thing uh yeah we're working on trying to create this structure to the point where it's like you know i don't even have to ask him and it's really, it's really just a matter of, hey, we're, we're operating the house so we can move on to the things where we can focus on each other. And then, of course, obviously, uh, you know, we'll have those spur of the moment fun times, too, because we had tons of snow dump on us. And here we are making snowmen and stuff today. So you got to have that flexibility in there along with that routine. Oh, yeah, man. I know all about those moans and groans and the resistance of cleaning. Just the other day, I, I asked our oldest to uh, clean up her mess before she came down to eat her snack. And she said, oh, you're the worst parents. You're trying to starve me to death. You know, it's so crucial in a kid's mind, right? Um, but yeah, I, I love hearing presence from you, man. Um, you know, I, that's something, uh, that I, I really tried to, to focus on too. And I, I, um, maybe felt there was a little bit of a lack of in, in my own upbringing and childhood. Um, so, you know, presence in, in like you're saying, man, God, that is, it, it is difficult, right? Um, when, when you've got 
to move from point A to point B and, and kiddo wants to go through LMNLP on you, you know, before you get there and you know, life takes a lot of attention and uh, so, so does raising a kid. So how do, how do you be attentional about, about that energy and, and where you're putting it and know when's the right time to pull back and when's, when's the right time to put that intention back into yourself, you know, um, for, for us and, and in our family here, um, you know, our, our family mantra is, um, we love and respect ourselves and others. Uh, we are committed and live with integrity. We are patient and forgiving with ourselves and others. And every day we grow. Um, you know, I think that, uh, and those are kind of some big words in there too, right? For a five and a seven-year-old, integrity and commitment and, you know, <laughs> all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, through this process, we, we get to talk about what integrity means and, you know, what that looks like and, and how to exemplify that um, in, in social situations at school and, and conflicts between sister, you know, here at home. Um, and that piece of, of for ourselves and others, you know, the, the forgiveness and patience and love and respect. Um, you know, you, you, you have to love and, and respect, you know, other people, but, but also yourself and that patience and forgiveness aspect also, um, you know, needs to be extended to ourselves sometimes, um, and not others. And, um, that's the kind of environment that I definitely want to create here is, is, is a safe space, uh, uh, to fail and forgive and, and be patient with one another because life is, a a grand learning process, right? And it's full of a lot of uh, tripping and failing. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and I think implementing systems like uh, the wall that we have and the routine of, of saying it in the morning um, really kind of helps us filter through the, the adversities of life and, and all the curveballs that come our way. You know, um, whenever something isn't aligning with that, um, whenever sisters are fighting, you know, uh, we can we can sit there and we can say, let's pause. Does this align with our family mantra? Are you, are you treating each other with love and respect? And are you respecting each other's space and forgiving each other when, when you say sorry and, and moving on? And, you know, um, it, it leaves a good platform for us. And, and I think that's important for us as, as, as men, as fathers, as individuals, as human beings, right? Um, so many of us, my, myself included, you know, we, we just continue on autopilot on, on standard operating procedure, just, you know, in, in that gear. And we just, we, we respond or we, we react, excuse me, rather than respond. And, um, you know, I think I did that a lot of my life where, uh, I, I just, I didn't stop to think about who I was and what I wanted to say and, and what I was trying to convey. And instead I just, uh, reacted, I, you know, I would just, uh, let, let the emotions bleed out. Um, and usually that would take the form of, of anger or yelling or frustration, um, or impatience, you know? Um, so th those are all important things to myself. And, and not only do we have uh, a family mantra, you know, that we operate in within our family unit, but, you know, I also have a, a, uh, individual mantra that's just for myself, you know? For I am grateful for my family and generous with my humor. I live with honesty, patience, and I forgive all. You know, that's mine. Forgiveness, honesty, patience, generosity, humor. 
gratuity and family. Those are my core values, you know? So in my meditations and when I wake up in the morning or when I'm working out or when I'm going on my walks or when I'm just trying to catch a moment of silence, trying to breathe and collect myself or prepping for the, the, the chaos that's going to ensue with whatever, whatever, um, I can pause and I can say that in my head. And that's something that I can ground myself to over and over and over again. Um, and again, that helps me filter through, you know, is this how I want to talk to the kids? Is this how I want to operate within my marriage and with my wife? Um, you know, and without that statement, without those core values, without knowing who I am, who I want to be, then there's no, there's nothing to ground me and I explode. I react. I, I, I don't have the moment of pause and, and I, and I'm confused as to who I am and who I want to be in that moment. Right. Because when you get stuff thrown at you, you you're overwhelmed. That that's, it's hard to remember all the shit, right? <laughs> Here we are talking about it in a moment of quiet reflection, but you know, when you're getting hit in the face and the fans spraying all of that, doo-doo on you you know it's it's hard to keep your cool it's hard to remember who you want to be you know we we often just want to just explode with our thing our feeling our want our our need or whatever word we put to it right but that's why i feel it's so important for each of us to to go through a core values exercise to decide you know who we want to be so let me ask you this, Colton. Um, when it comes to creating core values, you mentioned this core values exercise. What would you uh, What would you recommend to somebody who's listening to this do to take a step toward, you know, learning their core values and being able to, you know, create a list of those and and then you know essentially at some point create a statement of who they are, what their core values are, and how they implement those every day. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question, JJ. And, you know, I think uh, a first step for a, a lot of men should be getting in touch with who you are right now, right? And uh, maybe maybe that involves creating a list um, or some sort of journal entry and or some quiet reflection of some time where you just really kind of nail out who you've been up until this point of this exercise, you know, how you've operated. And maybe those don't all... Uh, look like positive adjectives, right? <laughs> Maybe they're not all they're not all um, you know positive descriptors of of who we are. I think, especially for um, people that aren't maybe used to this exercise, it, it you know a lot of maybe stuff comes up, you know, and 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 how you view yourself. Um, and I think that that's important to get in touch with that, you know, uh, uh, first before deciding who you want to be and how you want to operate, you know, get in touch with, with who this person is now um, and maybe make a list of, of things that, you know, who you believe you are and then go from there. You know, what are the positive aspects about that? What, what would you pull from those, that list of words, you know, and, and what, what can you tether to now of who you are and what you love about yourself 
And then, you know, um, just start making a list of the things that are important to you, most important to you, whether it be family or work. You know, no one's here to, to judge this exercise. Um, this is uh, an exercise for you, you know. So if, if the money or the career is important to you or, you know, being a leader or, or being successful, uh, you know, be honest with yourself and, and write down those words and, and really tick away at it you know and there's some there's some exercises that you can google out there too some some lists of of some really great words and in and and values that you can kind of uh go through and look at eliminate and kind of tick off until you uh find you know five or six that that really resonate with you and uh once once i had those five or six you know i wanted to put it into uh, a sentence or two that that could really stick with me and become a mantra, a repetitive thing in my brain, right? Because we operate in our lives for so long in this rhythm, right? I'm, you know, I, I didn't start thinking about this stuff until well into my thirties. So it's not like you just read this or you hear this on a podcast or you hear somebody say like, this is what you need to do to be better. And you go, wow, you know, that is, that's so easy. And then the next day you're just there, you know, uh, and, so many of us take for granted the, the work that goes behind change and growth, you know, and you really have to put the effort in. And what does the effort look like? Well, it looks like, you know, writing this list, right, getting your sentences down, finding the mantra, something again that you can bring about every single day. You've got, you know, 30 years, 40 years of programming of this negative thought process running through your train like a freight train on, you know, with no brakes. And it just powers through. You don't even think about it. You're not even aware of it and, and how it affects your body and your heart and your mind. You just do it. You got to start getting in touch with that. That's the first step is, is how are you looking at yourself? How are you talking to yourself? What's the story that, that's going on in between your ears about who you are up until this point and who you want to be? You know, because that's powerful, man. Those words have an effect. And if you're telling yourself, I'm no good, I can't do it, I'll never get there, then you won't. You have to find a way to turn it around. So what are the values that are core to you in your bones? What's going to drive you when when it when it all falls apart, when you slip, when, when you don't feel like getting up? You know, what, what are you going to say to yourself that reminds you of what's important in your heart and, and not what of? you know pos you are or or what your fails are but what your failures are but rather how you want to get up and and keep moving i just rambled for a long time there man i'm so i'm sorry <laughs> no this is this is good i'm gonna ask you more questions so you got to be ready for them right um what does decades of life and experience you know talking to you like the, you know, like conscience, you know, the devil on the shoulder. What does that, what does that look like when, you know, that voice is telling you that's not who you are. You can write these core values down. You can say you are this, but this is based on my, based on my research into the past, this is what you are. And, you know, and it's really, it's just your voice, you know, trying to, trying to manipulate you as to who you always intend to be. What, what do you do to push past that? Man, um, for me, you know, I think I, uh, spent a lot of, a lot of time in my head about, um, 
who I was and, and how that was out of my control. And, you know, I, um, with my dad, I guess I'm, I'm talking about here in, in our relationship. And, um, you know, I always felt that my anger came from him and, and I wish that I had a more structured way of dealing with it. I wish that we could talk. I, I a lot of communication that happened between my own father and I, um, just didn't go well, you know, um, and led with, or ended with a lot of yelling or, or, or ruined Thanksgivings or, or storming out of the house, you know, uh, kind of scenarios. Um, and, um, I, it took me a while to, uh, to connect with that, um, in my twenties and in my previous marriage, you know, I operated with the mentality of, well, this is just how I was raised. This is my trauma. This is the generational gift that my family has given to me. Right. I mean, when I, when I, I knew my grandfather as a gentleman, never raised his voice, but when I asked my dad about his childhood, you know, he would say, you know, my grandpa was a dick, you know, he, he was a jerk and he yelled a lot. And I, I, <laughs> That's what I remember, you know, and, and so it seemed like it was something in our blood and, and I, and I told myself that it was a blood thing for a long time. Um, and, you know, I've come to the realization now, um, that, it, you know, it's not our fault, uh, you know, the things that happen to us and, and the people that, that we become, but I think that it is our responsibility to f search out the tools, to course correct that, to arm ourselves with the uh, best tools in the toolbox to to confront this and to to live with it, to cope with it, to to um, make it a friend instead of something that we run from, ignore, or or try to pretend doesn't exist. You know, we we have to get comfortable with it and understand it and be comfortable with asking the right questions surrounding it. So, um, for me, when, when it really started to kind of turn around in my life and not feel so overwhelming is when I started saying, you know, I am an angry person and that's okay, but I'm going to find ways to deal with it. I'm going to find ways to express it in, in a different way. So, you know, are we asking ourselves the right questions, <laughs> you know, which can be scary. So, you know, as you know, I'm a, I'm a co-parent. Uh, I run this house by myself, which really isn't what I intend for. I, I, I would like for my son to be involved in the running of this uh, household as well. Granted, he's six years old, so that probably would look like, let's go to the grocery store. We need groceries and Oreos and, you know, juice and soda and... <laughs> All the bad stuff. That's what we need for groceries, Dad. So you know, obviously we, we have uh, we have to, to to make some some good decisions. But uh, what does it? Uh, I'm, t I'm making a, a switch here. But what does it look like to have your household, your partner, your wife um, hold you accountable to those values? How do how does she help you succeed? You know. That's a good question, JJ. And um, I think that there's two opposite answers to this. <laughs> um, you know, because there's, like I said, going back, there's my my core values, right? That that I want to operate as 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 an individual, as a man, as, as my own human being. And then we have our family ones, you know, that my wife and I ha have sat down with and and thought about and and. Um, prepared together. So, you know, when we come in 
scenarios within our family that maybe are uh, difficult to deal with or when maybe one of us is, you know, kind of losing it with the kids or, or, or getting um, a little uh, caught up in the, the emotions of it all. You know, I think that family mantra is, is, is right there to help us uh, ground it in a gentle way. It's something, it's a contract or our covenant that we've, we've both entered into agreeing that these are the core things. This is the foundation that, that, that the whole thing is built on. Right. So if windows start breaking and you know, the roof needs repaired and, and the walls start coming down, we know that the structure and the foundation is good and that repairs can happen, right? That's life. And sometimes things need to be fixed up, but you know, we've had that talk and we've, we've sat down and we've created this list and the saying our this mantra that, you know, um, we've agreed, we're not going to take offense to that, you know, this is the thing that grounds us. So, um, you know, we, we've had situations where I've maybe, you know, doing the, the finger wag thing, the pointing and the, you don't do this or, you know, because I said so, or, you know, uh, how could you, or why would you, you know, think to do that kind of, kind of attitude. Um, you know, my wife can gently touch me on the back and, and, you know, say a line from our family mantra about patience and forgiveness with ourselves and others. Or when she sees that I'm beating myself up on the couch about maybe a way that I talked to the kids or didn't handle myself or something that happened at work or whatever, you know, she again reminds me of that forgiveness piece and, and, um, you know, with ourselves and not only other people, but with ourselves. So, you know, again, I think just, going back to, you know, that foundation of agreeing with it prior. So when it does come up, you're just not taking offense to it. What does that do uh, for the marriage? Um, how does, how does that, how does that help create a, uh, a marriage of honesty and safety and, and love? Because it's a together thing. You know, um, again, it's so many people, I think, operate in their relationships with a mindset of reciprocity, you know, I or, or maybe quid pro quo, you know, I, of maybe I did this, so I'm expecting this or, you know, we're just operating to operate because life is going on and, and we're not thinking about too much of it, but when you have a structure like this or a system, um, within your marriage, your family or your relationship, um, it's a team building exercise, right? It's something that you've done together. It's, um, something that you did in the past to create this. It's something that you're living with in the present now. And it's something that drives your goals, uh, for the future, right. And your mindset for what you want to accomplish and, and how we're going to get there with the communication and the honesty, you know, these are the values. So, um, if someone again, kind of maybe operates without outside of that, you know, there's still the system that you guys have created there to, to, to reel it back in and, and remind you of the love that is there and the power of the system that you guys have thought about and were intentional in creating. All right. And now that we, <laughs> that's good, buddy. Um, now that we're uh, also talking uh, in the podcast space of ADH dads, uh, tell me a little bit about the family mantra and how the 
how the kids find themselves excited, involved, and, uh, you know, in the creation of this and then how they respond to it, whether in, you know, good times where things are going well or, or maybe when things aren't going so well. Well, you know, our oldest who has the ADHD in our household, she's all over the place, doesn't want to do it half the time, can't remember the words, mumbles it and, you know, doesn't really care. So, <laughs> but through repetition, I've seen some really beautiful moments, you know, some struggles that she's dealt with at school or some social dynamics or some things that, you know, she's operated again outside of the standard of that family mantra. Um, and as we're talking about it and, you know, trying to get those, well, why did you do that? What would, what's going through your head? What, what made you make that choice or whatever? And, you know, as a seven-year-old typically with ADHD, will tell you, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Right. It's hard to pull that information out of a kid with ADHD. But, you know, when, again, we've done this mantra every day and it's such a repetitive part of our day life and process, we can pull little nuggets out of that, you know, where, um, well, you know, do you think that you operated within our family mantra? Do you think that you, you acted with integrity there? You know, you know, you, you, you did half of that homework and you, you, you promised me that you were going to do the other half the next day in the car. And I understand that you, you know, wanted to watch your iPad in the car, but, uh, part of our family mantra is commitment. You committed that you were going to finish this. You told me that you were going to. That's important, right? That we finish the things that we start. So again, you know, as these things come up in our day and in our struggles um, and in our family, you know, uh, that little piece is there to help ground us and help a seven-year-old whose brain is bouncing around. And, you know, my problem with, with dealing with the kids is I use too many words, man. You know, I talk to them like I'm in a psych class doing a lecture, you know, and, and I'm spitting <laughs> philosophy out at them, you know, and this little seven year old's like, huh, I don't know those words, you know, oh, so man. the less that we can use, you know, the more connected I, I, I feel to her in those moments. So that little piece, that little mantra is always just right there to help us connect and, and dull it down to uh, what's important. Do we operate within that? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a, that's a good reminder for me. I'll tell you that, uh, you know, my son said, I don't know, a thousand times in probably the last week. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, I'll, I'll tend to kind of talk to him to the point where he's probably just like exhausted hearing me, you know, speak to him about something. Whereas when you do have something on the wall and something that you both have had an opportunity to, to, you know, weigh in on and, and at least contribute to, even if, you know, even if we're dealing with our kiddos who have ADHD, who just kind of look at it and go back and then, you know, want to move on. If they've had an opportunity to contribute to that, they have some value within them um, applied to that. Uh, you know, and, and, and I honestly, I've done my core values exercise, but I have not done a family mantra with my kiddo. Um, <laughs> a quick, fun little story, you know, he, his participation, it, it varies in these things. And one time I was asked, um, for a magazine to, to ask my son, you know, what he thought I did at work. <laughs> and he said, he said, you, you, you do a lot of chatting. I said, Oh, okay. So you think I, I chat a lot? Um, granted he had come to the office and, you know, he had experienced, uh, you know, a different, 
a different uh, environment because his, of his presence. You know, everybody was a little bit more vocal and talking and stuff. But but I said, do I do anything else? He said, I don't know. You just do a lot of chatting. <laughs> and I'm a person who's an introvert who sits at who sits at a computer and you know, but most of the time I'm just doing you know coding and stuff. So my my level of chatting with work is very minimal, especially now that I work from home. <laughs> So I just got a kick out of that. And and what I guess what I'm trying to say with, with what you said, and I want to circle back around to the other kids in the house too, is that, you know, the, the value in creating something that is, it, it's, it's lasting, it's, you know, a mainstay in the house, maybe it's framed on the wall and stuff, something that the family can come back to. The value in that is similar to what, you know, people experience through, you know, a religious upbringing. Over time, you're doing these things, you're, you know, you're, you're doing repetitive things at church and you're, you know, you're, you're told a certain gospel message and stuff to the point where it does really become something that you are memorizing, essentially, and practicing. And uh, whether it's, you know, at church or something, you know, similar, like going to Taekwondo, uh, which we're talking about setting our kiddo to, um, the, the repetitious um, nature of it over time whether it's in the message delivered from, you know, the adults or something, or it's, you know, through the actual practice of physical, you know, activity, uh, that does sharpen us. And even a kiddo with ADHD, especially sometimes I want to say, will benefit from that ongoing intentional routine to create something within them that uh, results in a skill set or a mindset or, you know, values themselves. Um, And, you know, going back to the the situation with the the snow falling apart in his hands today. Cohen was just upset. And I told him, I said, I totally understand where you're coming from. It sometimes takes multiple opportunities and practice for you to start to understand how you can, you know, you can create something that, that holds together. And, um, you know, with his patience level at that point, it might've been too late, but at least it's an opportunity to kind of work that process in there and create something of, you know, repetitive nature to result in success later on. So I applaud you. And I would love to hear more about maybe the ones who are younger um, and how they can contribute to the core values of the family and the mantra and how they look up to that through you and directly. Yeah. Um, thank you for for that story too. And I, I think that there's really some great insight in there because yeah, this doesn't always work, right? <laughs> and most days I'm met with a lot of eye rolls and they, they don't want to do it, you know, but there's a few nuggets in there where they're excited to do it and they want to hop up in my arms and take turns, you know, going back and forth. And those days are exciting, but I know that the boring days are still important to do too, even when with the eye rolls and the shoulder shrugs and the nonchalant you know about it um be, you know because again it's just there it's there to ground us and and the kids don't always uh understand you know again uh we did this exercise when they were uh, you know six and, and four maybe even five and three so they were pretty young when when we first uh did this you know and the every day we grow part of it they thought meant they were going to get taller you know, every day that we said that they were going to go to sleep and the next day they'd be just a little bit bigger. They get a little bit, cl- bit closer to being a grown up. Right. So that that 
every day we grow part of it took some patience with getting our, you know, three-year-old at the time to understand, you know, but now she understands that grow aspect of it through, you know, a year and a half, two years of repetition with this. And um, again, we're, we're, we talk about the word integrity, maybe when we create this, this, uh, this mantra for us, you know, and it's in one out the ear and out the other, you know, the, the kid forgets about it and they go on with their day. I'm never going to say that. I'm I'm never going to use that word, you know, so I'm not going to remember what it means, you know, Um, but again, with the repetition aspect of it, you know, uh, we chip away at it. And it's just something to think about. And maybe now at school where she hears that word or or she's caught in a uh, situation where that's challenged, she'll at least, you know, have a little bit of of uh, wherewithal. To, to think back about our mantra and, and what it's meant to her and how, what she's heard me talk about it, which, you know, I, I think a lot of this, the aspect of this uh, comes with a lot of patience and letting go, you know, we're, we're talking about intentions, not outcome here, you know, <laughs> intention does not mean outcome. You have to, uh, I think, let go a little bit of the, the outcome piece. The intention is what you're putting forth before the outcome, right? Like what we want to live, live up to and build up to. So I think that you have to have a little bit of, of grace and understanding and patience with, again, not only the other people that you're trying to get on board with this core values, but yourself, you know, because there's going to be good days and bad days and, and days where you don't feel like you're living with integrity or you don't feel like being committed, you know, or, or you just don't want to grow, you know, um, and that's okay. Cause we're humans and those days do come and, you know, you you have to be able to forgive yourself and realize, like we were saying earlier, well, gee, I've been operating on 35 years of this this prior behavior before I got to give myself a little bit of understanding and forgiveness that it's not going to just happen, you know, um, that I'm going to have to work at it. I'm going to maybe have a few days. But, you know, the trick, I think, is is to just not let it keep you down to not let it spiral you into see I am the POS that I thought I was because I failed this one day, this one time, this one moment, or I couldn't live with, I forgot to say my family mantra and I blew up or whatever, whatever operated with outside of those, those values. But you know, you have, you have to, uh, you have to, to realize that forgiveness is a huge piece of this. Yeah, I think that uh, any time that we we have something that we hold our, ourselves accountable to, we, it's incredibly important to remind ourselves that we're going to slip up, we're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. And you know, a lot of a lot of the time too, our children will also uh, forgive us for those mistakes. Um, I have a story that I'll share here in a little bit as well, um, but. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up too, in addition to kind of what you've been talking about is, you know, we, we, uh, we discuss ADHD here and there, and, you know, that's kind of one of the focal points of our coming together on this, uh, you know, this podcast too. Um, I've learned that, you know, kiddos with ADHD have certain challenges that maybe other kiddos don't. But everybody or everybody uh, responds well to this tactic that I learned through the process of kind of trying to figure out what I can do to best serve my son as he has a different mindset towards some things because of his ADHD. And the big part you mentioned reactivity and, and you know, and kind of kind of working toward the 
you know, different side of that coin, which is maybe proactivity. And one of the things that is of incredible value to a mantra with a family or your core values is that constant reminder and being able to point to that and say, you know, this is, this is what you're exercising or, you know, maybe you even create an opportunity for success um, that then, you know, you point back to the core values for, uh, the big thing for, for my son is that I've seen him light up when I remind him of just the little wins that he's doing or just little things, maybe even neutral things. So I, I give him praise sometimes in, in areas that a lot of parents would be like, well, that's, that's just kind of strange to, to give praise for, uh, you know, like maybe pointing at a cloud in the sky and saying it's shaped like a heart and, you know, saying, wow, you, you did that. You just pointed that out to me. There's a heart there. That is amazing. What does a heart mean to you? And kind of, you know, give them the opportunity to uh, to see something special in who they are by creating those moments of success with them. And through the development of core values and being able to kind of look back at that, um, especially as a family mantra and point to that, say, you know, we experienced this today. And this is an example of what's important to this family. Um, I think uh, a child of ADHD will have so much more um, excitement and, and, and you know, place so much more value on that, whether it's their own individual, uh, you know, view on it, or if it's their view for the family on it. I, I do believe that this is a huge thing for, for children with ADHD to, to find a way to, uh, build confidence in themselves. Um, and I say that because when we focus on the reactive part of it and, and that can come in a situation where let's say they made a mistake and we focus on the mistake and stuff. Um, I've seen it in my son where he suggests he's stupid and he suggests that nobody loves him and stuff. And that's just painful to have any kid, you know, say that, um, my son will more quickly kind of go there sometimes because of his statement or his state uh, and, and being in a, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but in his ADHD brain, he has a tendency to, to, uh, to really latch on to those negative, um, you know, responses to, to, to his behavior. And because it's so easy to point out like, Oh, you're not focusing here. You're not focusing there and saying, you're not this, you're not that, or don't do this. Don't do that. We really fill up their heads with, this is the type of kid I am. This is the type of person I am. Somebody who makes mistakes. Um, we're focusing it way too much on the reactive point and we're building up their, you know, their negative self-talk. Um, but when we create those those family mantras and we put them on the wall and we go, like you said, daily growth, right? When you can go back to that and say, you know, here's how you grew today. This is exactly what you what you've done today to help yourself succeed in life or to, to show the great person that you are now and who you continue to, to you know, to achieve to, or continue to grow into. Like that's something that builds them up. And uh, again, you know, I have a kiddo who's very much in tune with his, uh, his, uh, I guess his, his emotions and, uh, whether it's tough or good, you know, he latches onto that and that can make or break the situation for him. So yeah, family values are very important. Thank you. Listening to you talk here, I'm thinking to myself, how can we create this for our kids? Right. 
Like how how can we give our ADHD kids uh, the tools that I'm talking about here? How can we give them a personal mantra? You know, because um, I think that that's really helpful, right? I, gosh, I'm sitting here and thinking, talking about it for the last 45 minutes about how helpful it's been in my life. Like, why can't we do this for our seven-year-olds, right? Why can't we have some um, generative questions and conversations with them about who they think that they are, you know, and, and what, what do they think makes them special? And what do they think that their superpowers are? And how can we help them take those two or three words and, and turn it into a, an empowering statement, you know, something that they can say when, when maybe they, they aren't operating in that, like we're talking about when they step outside of it or, or lose feelings on, on their emotions or, or get in trouble for school for something that they know that they shouldn't do. Right. What, what's, what's something that we can give them here, you know, that, that they can tell themselves, I am this person and this is who I want to be and how I want to operate. And this is what's important to me. You know, something that, again, when these, these situations arrive at school or in the principal's office or in the detention hall or, or with the next door neighbor's kids, we can come back and say, but you told me that you wanted to be this person, that you wanted to, to have this kind of relationship, you know. So I think that uh, that's a good place to start. And, you know, I think um, I'm going to start doing that this week. I'm going to start asking some questions about, you know, what are some words? How would you describe yourself? So, uh, boom, light bulb, dawn strikes on marble head. Good job, JJ. Let's, let's try an experiment here within our, within <laughs> our, our kids and our households. Yeah, buddy. That's, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And, you know, again, like having that, con that concrete, uh, living example, um, living mantra for, for our children, I think will, will really, help them, you know, early on, you know, develop habits early on that, that you become much more successful at, at maintaining those. And uh, so I think, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And, and I imagine that uh, through this conversation, I will be doing the same. <laughs> so, uh, th so this is, this is wonderful stuff for, for us um, just within our families. Um, I did want to share too uh, the benefit again of the idea of having something on your wall to return to and stuff. And this is, this is a difficult thing because I, I just recently experienced a failure in parenting that I probably have been doing for quite some time, not even parenting, but just relationship. So um, we live in an apartment complex and I have a fitness center downstairs from me. That's, that's not too far away. And um, my son is six years old and I don't want to leave him in my apartment and go work out um, without something, you know, like to, to keep an eye on him basically. Um, and he sleeps through the night most of the time. So that's, that's awesome. That, that gives me, you know, a little bit of opportunity to kind of do, you know, stuff around the house when he goes to sleep and, and, you know, get some things accomplished. Um, but I've, you know, I, I'm a person who would like to have a habit of, of working out. And it takes me probably about 20 seconds to get, uh, if, or 20 to 30 seconds to get, uh, to my apartment from the fitness center, but I'm not going to go there without some sort of assurance that, you know, he's going to be okay. So I got a, I got a security camera that I put in the room. So when it senses move it, it dings my phone and then I can check the, you know, the camera feed immediately. That's awesome. Um, I would like to implement that a little bit more. I haven't been doing such a great job yet of getting down to the fitness center when my kiddo's here, but uh, I'm working on that part. But the 
the unintended uh, benefit that I received was through a, a very painful process. And that was um, one night we were having some challenge and it was, it was really difficult. And, and he was yelling and he was very upset. And I told him that, you know, in order to be safe, I think uh, he should be in his room so he can be safe for himself and safe from the dogs and, and, you know, everybody else. And, and he, you know, protested and protested and he went limp in his body. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to carry you to the bedroom. And uh, yeah, carried him in there crying and screaming and stuff. And, and it was tough. But I told him, I said, you need to stay in here, you know, and, until you're safe. Um, and uh, he kept saying no and kept saying no, kept kind of throwing the hook out there and, and bring reeling me back into uh, talking to him about it and arguing with him about it. And at some point in there, I lost my patience and it wasn't clear to me what that that looked like until later. So later, I actually looked at the history of recordings on that video, and I saw myself kind of standing over him. My movements were sharper and quicker, and you could tell that I was talking down to him. I was I was putting him in his place, if you want to say. It. And that was that was a an awful thing to witness. But in some ways, it was a benefit because I've never seen myself outside of my body like that before. And um, it just kind of like it, it flipped a switch. And I said, you know, what? I've, I've got to do better. I've got to be better by this. And I guess the the long story short is that when you have something on the wall, like your family mantra and stuff, I would I would love to have my son be able to to really like learn and understand that to the point where he can define this is what this family is about and call me out in moments where I'm not living up to that in a good way, you know, not like dad, you're an idiot or anything like that, but you know, in a, in a, in a way that's showing love to me, because I think mm -hmm. that without that, you know, our, we have, we have so much more, you know, lack of consistency in our day to day. Um, not to say that that's, you know, it's the cure for that, but I do think that that at least kind of helps us keep each other accountable and, and helps us live up to each other's best uh, expectations and, and, uh, and love for each other. Well, yeah, you know, I think that this exercise really what it is and what it does is it, it, it turns a mirror on ourself, right? And that's always that's not always easy to do. Sometimes when you, you catch a glimpse of your reflection or you see yourself on a camera, maybe acting outside of your integrity, you know, or or something, or you see that playback of something. I I said that I did. God, I did that. You know, sometimes that can be jarring and we get really defensive with that. Right. You know, no one likes to be told what you did, what you did wrong or, or how you, you you're an asshole. Right. But if we can do that in a humble way, look at the growth that happens. You know, if you can if you can look at that camera and, and see yourself getting a little demonstrative there and instead of saying, you know, what an asshole, you know, you, you can look at it and say, God, that's I didn't realize I was doing that. How can I fix this? How can I correct it? I think that that's what this exercise does. You know, um, when, when you operate outside of that standard, you know, you, you have that mantra to look at and go, that's not the guy in the mirror. You know, this is the guy in the mirror. I, I created this mirror, you know, I built this mirror. This is who, who I say I want to be. And this guy is not operating within that. So, you know, you can take that mantra and, and turn it on yourself to really uh, to look at yourself in a in a 
non-judgmental way, right? In a, in a way that you can say that I've designed this, this is who I said I wanted to be. So there's no judgment here. It happens, you know, but this isn't who you want to be, you know, just gently nudge yourself back in the right direction. So I'm glad that you brought that up and, you know, that's not always easy and, you know, kind of telling a, um, a quick story kind of based on what you're talking about. I, I had that kind of reflection moment too with, with our oldest, you know, um, in, in the sense that, uh, you know, she kind of pointed, pointed out something that she was feeling that my wife and I kind of had missed and, and kind of overlooked. And it was kind of a powerful of, wow, I can't believe she said that. And, that kind of hurts, but, you know, also that was kind of humbling, you know, um, and, and it was an incident, um, where we kind of, um, had, had our daughter, uh, our oldest was, was upset with her younger sister because she wasn't, uh, you know, saying goodnight to her. She wasn't showing her affection, uh, before bedtime. She was kind of withholding that love, that show of affection. Um, and you know, Naomi was kind of coming down, uh, what, why is she being mean to me? You know, I need her to say goodnight. And, you know, we talked and said, well, why is that important to you? And, you know, what, what what's going on there with that. And, and, uh, you know, we, we were also kind of talking, you know, I think that your little sister is, you know, um, not getting a lot of attention right now. You know, it, it was kind of in a season of our life where, uh, we weren't able to be as present with the kids. You know, we were dealing with some health problems and some scares and, you know, uh, the attention and the presence wasn't, wasn't there as much as we would like. And the kids had kind of started to notice this, right. Um, our, our little angel started acting like a little devil and, and our troublemakers started acting like, you know, a, the perfect angel and being a first time listener. And, and my wife and I were kind of sitting there scratching our heads trying to pick it apart and why is this happening what's going on with them and you know do they kind of know what's going on and you know feel this energy and are picking it up and and uh you know as we were talking to our oldest saying you know little sister's just not getting the attention that she needs right now and you know i think maybe that's why she's being a little mean or maybe acting up and our oldest turned and said you know i think I get a lot of attention for, for acting bad and I'm in trouble a lot. I get a lot of attention for being in trouble a lot. And I think that Aubrey sees that. So now she's acting bad to get attention. And man, that just whew, kind of stings to hear, right? Like, you know, she's telling me like, she feels like she's in trouble a lot and she's getting reprimanded and you know, that's the kind of attention she gets. So as a dad, as a stepdad, I'm, oh man, that's not the kind of love that I want to show. It makes me feel bad, but how awesome that the seven-year-old can articulate this, right? And that she can see this dynamic that's playing out in our household. And my wife and I in our thirties are looking at it and can't figure out what's going on, you know? <laughs> so it was just a kind of humbling moment that we talk about that we're just talking about here of, of uh, pausing to kind of look in the mirror and, and to be, sh to have that light shown back at us um, and how important that, that, that confidence piece is instead of the reprimanding piece, especially with kids with ADHD, right? That, that piece that we're talking about of, of pointing out the clouds and, and, um, you know, giving them praise for that, for the little things is just so important because look how a little seven-year-old brain can spiral into this. I'm always in trouble. And that's the kind of attention that, you know, mom and stepdad give to me. So yeah man that's i mean that's that's huge and yeah our kids are, are so dang smart and, and observant and stuff and you know 
I, I have maybe a, a similar story and just some thoughts too, uh, 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 with a, with a kid with ADHD is, you know, a lot of times what they crave is, is our attention, you know, kids in general, but, uh, um, the interesting thing about the ADHD brain, it, it tends to be that, you know, if, if this is how I'm going to receive attention from my parent, well, then I'm getting attention, even if it's, you know, that I'm acting out and they're getting upset while well, I still got their attention. So I'm still getting what I want, which is, you know, the, the attention that I, and you know, the, the focus that, that, uh, is on me. That's, that's, this is what I'm, this is what I'm craving. So, um, that's the one thing that, that I've been kind of learning about with, with my son is sometimes if it's just a matter of, you know, getting my attention through something that's, you know, poor behavior, Hey, he still succeeded in some ways. Um, so it's all that more important that we really pay attention to the little things too, um, because they're picking up on that, you know, that, well, if, if I can do this and this gets, our, this gets the attention from my parents and then, then therefore I, I should continue that because this other thing where I'm keeping quiet <laughs> and doing well in my homework, they're not, they're not praising me for that. I'm not getting attention from them. So I need to act out so I can get their attention again. Because this is how I get connection is through this attention. So that's kind of a really important one that I that I've been learning about my son is that, you know, there are times where I do have things going on. And I haven't, you know, and I have the intent to clean up while he's nearby. But at some point when that amount of time becomes too great for him to experience his dad being somewhere else, he's going to do something to get my attention. Um well, again, back to the Mario, uh, one thing that he's been doing quite a bit is he's making a running commentary with everything in the game. And as I leave the room, he's getting louder and louder. And then, of course, here I am. You know, I don't do it often, but I will say that, you know, he gets louder. And then I say, OK, Cohen, you can tell me in a quieter voice. But then again, what I'm doing is I'm reacting to something. And, you know, he's looking at that as, you know, me in some ways telling him that's not OK. But guess what? It worked. He got my attention. So yeah, it's a it's an ongoing it's an ongoing learning experience, and our kids are so in tune with things. And we were at the museum, uh, children's museum, recently, and I'm not everybody's parent there. I'm my son's parent, and he's doing something. He's kind of like hoarding all the stuff, all the toys. And I said, "Well, buddy, uh, I think the other kids want to play with stuff too." And uh, there was this one other boy who was also doing this hoarding technique and taking all the toys from everybody. And Cohen just says to me, says, well, you don't tell him to. And I was like, yeah, you know, you got a valid point, man. I, I don't tell him that. And it, it, it sucked because it's true. Obviously, he's my kid. So I, I can't just like go to this other kid and say, hey, dude, stop it. You know, <laughs> can't do that. But I have to be in tune with my son and how he's going to receive this stuff. If he's getting my attention in that way more often than not, yeah, he's getting the connection. He's getting the attention, but that's not going to serve him well. He's a brilliant kid, and I can give him so much by just simply paying attention to all the little things, too, and saying, that's awesome, dude. You know, we don't want to coddle our kids to, to death or anything, but we do want to let them know that we're there and give them the presence that they deserve. And again, that well, goes back to my core value. Well, I just think that it's really important to be mindful of the praise that we're giving, right? Because that the the 
the repercussions, the negative talk that we give, the reprimanding, that that almost comes instinctually, right? It's like, don't do that thing. Uh, drop that thing. You know, don't touch that. You know, it's just, it happens. It's it's a reaction, you know, which is why we, we have to be more intentional about the praise, about the positivity, because that isn't instinctual. That doesn't just come off the cuff of good job, buddy, to every little thing. You have to be focused and intentional about that and 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 keep it in the forefront of your mind to do more often so, so that we're matching at least the negativity with or with the, the positivity with just as much, you know? So it, it takes a little bit of finesse and, and some effort. It's not just going to happen. So, um, but man, I, I think we really covered some, some good stuff here and uh, really kind of talked about some in, intentionality and, and uh, some kind of methods uh, revolving around that about how we can do it for ourselves and our family and um, our kids. I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to get off of this call and start having some conversations about how I can create a, a power statement um, for our kiddos. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of start asking some questions and, and throwing some words out there and seeing what they resonate and, uh, seeing if they have any interest in this at all. Um, it may yeah, take some man. finesse. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, the ADHD brain of a seven year old will be down with this exercise, but, uh, I would definitely love to, uh, get back here next week on the next episode and maybe talk about yeah. how it went for both of us and maybe even and get our kids, um, on an episode here and, and maybe ask us some questions too. Yeah, man, that, that sounds awesome. And I'd love to hear from anybody out there who, uh, has, has gone through maybe a similar experience and exercise with their kid and what they've learned and what they have for advice for, for others. Uh, it's, it's always good to hear, you know, some, some of that feedback and, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. So I, I definitely need, I definitely need plenty of help along the way. And I just wanted to say one more thing that I think is really important. Again, that this the idea of reactivity and, pro and proactivity. I had heard, um, you know, parenting styles are different from you know one person to the next, and how you implement discipline can look different as well. But I, I, I remember having that conversation with somebody about you know like corporal punishment essentially, and they said, well, you know, you're not trying to hurt your kid, you're not trying to, you know, abuse them physically. And they gave the example of, like, let's say that kid is going to just cross the street without looking first. So you smack them to get their attention. Like this is an effort to get them, get them out of that, you know, that mindset or, you know, the lack of focus and stuff. And I, I guess what I would say is, how does it look to be proactive about it? We can talk about this is what it looks like to approach the street. We look both ways and stuff. And then in addition to that, once they do that, we praise them. We give them that, you know, reassurance, like you're doing a great job. You are learning, you're, you're, you're putting this into practice, the things that you've been taught. And that's awesome. You know, so we, we don't go to the point where this has happened and now I'm responding to it. We, instead, we give our children the gift of knowledge and, and understanding and forethought, and then we praise them for that. So that's my two cents on the idea of reactivity and proactivity for this episode. <laughs> Great stuff, JJ. Great way to end. And uh, there's some valuable stuff in there. Uh, so, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We hope that you continue this journey along with us. And until next time, this is the ADH Dads. I'm CJ. I'm JJ. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care.